This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. So I have a housemate. We've I've talked about him before. It's Your not roommate? a roommate. It's a housemate. Roommate. Well, last night, in the middle of the night, I wake up. It's like 3.30, almost 4 in the morning. Oh my gosh. The TV is blasting outside of my room. What was he watching at that time? Infomercials? News. He's obsessed oh. with cable news or sports center. That's like oh, the thing. I God. know. Yes. So I know he's been having trouble sleeping, but in that moment, I was like, really? Like, you could turn on the TV. Do you need to blast it like it is the afternoon? I know what you can do. You could get him a TV in his room. I think there's a reason why he doesn't want a TV in his room. But if he's having, he so he doesn't do that. Or headphones that connect to the TV. That actually would be would amazing. That I don't know. It needs to exist. I don't think that happens. Because then... Because the cord's not that long. I don't know. Like a Bluetooth headphone for the TV. You know why? Because also yeah. in the morning, talk about different lifestyles. I mean, I'm meditating in the morning. I want quiet. He's putting Sports Center on. I hear someone screaming about the basketball game the night before. You know, what, like I, you know what everyone listening to this is wondering? Do I live with a heterosexual guy? No, <laughs> not that. Because I think we already know that. <laughs> Get your own place. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Just saying. You know, I feel like that's what everyone's thinking. I would be thinking it. uh, Maybe this was a sign from the universe. It's time. Sharing the story. 3 to 4 a.m.? No way, Jose. All right. Uh, You know, uh, points were made here. Thank you, Ryan, for that. For, for the first time, you dropped some wisdom here. I was just here. delivering the message from the people. Yeah. I'm the voice of the people. Of God here. Okay. Well, we've got lots coming up. How Biden wants to get rid of toxic forever chemicals. What? We're going to be sharing more about what that is I don't, in a are bit. Are doing that? Yes, we're going to be doing that on the that. show. Plus, Katie Couric's return to the Today Show. That's at the T-Report in a moment. <laughs> if only if I was as certain about moving as I am about our headlines. All oh, we're doing is headlines, yes. We'll see. We are doing it. Because I'm intrigued by this toxic forever I chemicals. I don't think we are. First, let's get into so much training this hour. Ryan, are you... I have to say, producer Vanessa looks like we're not doing that story. Right. Assistant Secretary for Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, is making history again. This is huge. This is an early Yaz queen. Levine is being sworn in as a four-star admiral, making her the first transgender four-star officer in all eight of the uniformed services. Admiral Levine will also be the first female four-star admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. This is a lot of words. She also made history with her nomination, of course, as we know, to be Assistant Secretary for Health at the Department of Health and Human Services, which was then made official. So, I mean, it's all huge. Making history. Dr. Rachel Levine continues. Now, in a weekly press conference, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell continued to complain about Democratic spending. We rescued the country last year in a time of distress. This year, we had three vaccines. We were coming out of it, and the new Democratic government just didn't want to stop spending. You know, McConnell always sounds like he's, like, eating something or he's snacked on something. Like, it's like me when I come out of break and I've, like, just put something in my mouth and then I have to be on air, like, and you're real Ryan. Oh, my God, I'm so happy you know you do that. I'm very aware. Because I wasn't sure if you ever knew. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Uh, McConnell also urged his party to focus on President Biden heading into 2022 and not rehashing the 2020 election that former President Trump still falsely claims was stolen. So that was kind of a dig at Trump. 
And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Katie Couric made an awkward return to the Today Show, ripping her disgraced former co-host Matt Lauer as disgusting and abusive. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Of course, she's talking about her memoir and all the crazy stories that have been dropping and talking about how everything's been misconstrued. It's not true. It's, you know, she didn't mean it like, you know, all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Well, she smiled nervously as Savannah Guthrie quizzed her about her new book, Snark and Brutally Honest Put-Downs, including attacks on former colleagues on the NBC Morning Show that she was on for 15 years. She insisted that the attacks have been wildly misrepresented, except for those against Lauer, who uh, basically was her TV partner there for nine years. Here's actually what she had to say about Mount Lauer. You know, I think what I realized is there was a side of Matt I never really knew. And I tried to understand why he behaved the way he did and why he was so reckless and callous and honestly abusive to other women. As I got more information and learned what was going on behind the scenes, it was really upsetting and disturbing. And I think I, and, and then I did some of my own reporting. I talked to people. I really tried to excavate what had been going on. And, you know, it was, it was really devastating, but also disgusting. Yeah, and then she also talked about, you know, why she included protecting RBG and why she included some of the honesty that she, you know, when it came to her colleagues. She said a lot. It was really interesting, that return of hers. I don't know. She's the only person that I know of recently that's come out with a memoir that is really getting her in more trouble than it is helping her. <laughs> it's not helping elevate her brand. <laughs> so I, yeah. So that's, that's your tea report. Um, I got more coming up next hour. And then, of course, today's the last day for your chance to get into Odyssey's Weekend Survive of the uh, iconic Hollywood Bowl this Saturday. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win four great seats in a hotel room for the night, we are channelcute.com. Yes. Well, next up, why getting vaccinated after being sick with COVID-19 is actually better than natural immunity. We explain that next. Mom. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, many people who get COVID think they don't need to get a shot because of natural immunity, but that's not necessarily the case. Joining us right now is Dr. Warner Green, a virologist at the Gladstone Institute in San Francisco. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Pleasure to be with you. So let's break this down. What's the difference between natural immunity and getting the shot? Okay, so natural immunity occurs when one is infected with SARS-CoV-2. Um, And you launch an immune response not only against the spike protein, which is part of the vaccine, but also three other proteins that the virus uh, makes. So it's a broader uh, immune response than one would achieve with the vaccine alone. Okay, that sounds easy. Uh, (laughs) It sounds simple, I guess. So why, you know, do you really think that people that are vaccinated after being like, are they should get vaccinated after being COVID nineteen is really better for them. Okay, so break that down. All right, so let's take the three scenarios. Let's take a person who's never been infected and they get the vaccine. How do they do? They do superbly well in terms of uh, for for a period of time for about six months. They have strong immunity that prevents a high-level infection, but then that immunity begins to wane. That's where we're at right now, and that's why we are going with booster shots, particularly in high-risk populations, to improve that immunity, to get it back up to the high initial levels. Now, compare that with uh, natural infection. Uh, you do not want to get infected with this virus because you could, it could go completely sideways and you could wind up in the hospital on a ventilator and you could die. But if you get infected and you survive, you will have a broader form of immunity than someone who got the vaccine. And that form of immunity we now appreciate will last longer. Then the third situation is if you are naturally infected and you get a vaccine, Then you have what's called hybrid immunity, which is the strongest form of immunity. It is really, it's like you have superpowers. Mm. Interesting. So, but do you think with that known and with that said, 
some people who are against the vaccine won't get it because they've already gotten COVID and they they say, well, this is natural. It's better. Like, and it works. Why not? Just like stick with that. Natural infection will convey, will confer a broader form of immunity that's longer lasting than the vaccines. Um, And but you run the risk of becoming very ill of dying. uh, And you could also suffer from long COVID. So you do not want to get infected with this virus. Far better to take the vaccine and then get boosted. Um, and that brings up the real point. We, it's very possible with this third shot that we're going to be achieving a level of protection that is equal to natural uh, immunity. Uh, we just don't know yet, but that's the hope is that we can get a, very, a much more durable, high-level um, uh, immunity with the booster. Um, and do you see any challenges coming up like we've been going through with this next phase of the vaccine? Well, I think the, I think the challenge, the curveball would be uh, if we have a highly transmissible variant that is resistant to the vaccine. That would be a, 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 what's called a variant of, of high consequence, which would mean it would elude our medical intervention. That would be a game changer. We would have to engineer a new vaccine to counter that threat. So what, are we still getting information? Like, is the CDC still collecting information and data about like how often and how many people are getting affected after vaccination? Or is that, there's still little data there? Yeah, so they they kind of stepped away from tracking breakthrough infections, uh, but then became heavily criticized for that. And now they're back on the, on the job. Uh, tracking breakthrough infections with with uh, in several states and and publishing data, informative data about the frequency of breakthrough infections. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, breakthrough infections are rare, but they seem to be in, increasing as the immunity created by the RNA vaccines is waning now. Okay, so when do you think uh, the booster will happen for the general population? When do I think what will happen the for booster. the general population? Yeah, a booster. Good question. Um, I mean, I, I, I think probably sooner rather than later. Um, clearly, the, the, the people who were having the serious breakthrough infections and winding up in the hospital in the studies out of Israel were the older people and the people mm. with medical conditions that put them at risk. Uh, but we're also, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before younger individuals their immunity wanes and they become more vulnerable to the virus as well. So I can't put a a timeline on it. I I, I suspect it's going to be measured in months, not years until they need, until they, until we'll we'll be using boosters more widely. All right. Well, that was Dr. Werner Green, a virologist at the Gladstone Institutes in San Francisco. Thank you again. Thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q. Okay, so right-wing radio host Dan Bongingo, he basically is joining the endless ranks of conservative media uh, personalities who are opposing the vaccine mandates while managing to actually be vaccinated. Well, um, he suggests that he might be willing to walk over them, like literally quit his damn job. Here is what he had to say. I'm announcing it publicly so you know I'm not letting it go. I'm announcing it to them on their airwaves so they know, you know, I know, we know, and they know nobody's letting it go. But I promise you, I have no intentions of letting these guys get let go, get harassed, because they made a private and personal medical decision on only one of the biggest issues of our time. There is a very real thing called natural immunity. There's an even realer thing called freedom and liberty. This is a constitutional republic. People have the right to make their own medical decisions. And the company has the right to do what it wants as well. But if the company is going to, I get that. I'm not naive to that. But if the company is going to make political decisions, and I believe this was a political decision, I don't believe this is based in any science, I could argue it all day, 
then they should at least recognize that the company's earning a lot of money off people who have the opposite. All right, who's listening to this guy? Who cares? I mean, my thing is the company's not doing anything political. They're following the rules that the president and the and the country are setting forward mm-hmm. so we can move forward. Yeah. And the fact that, one, you're vaccinated, so you know that you're protected, but you're willing to walk out because what your the your colleagues and the employees around you refuse to get vaccinated and they're further putting folks in in risk. I'm sorry. I, I think one, that's a selfish decision. I think someone who's making this big announcement over the air, the privilege that has, I would ne- I mean, the fact that does he even still have his his job for doing something like that? Like speaking out against his own the own like his own company in that way and especially when it doesn't even make sense. It's like no one's politicizing this. This is just how we well, get out of this yeah. situation. Actually everyone's politicizing. <laughs> when I say no that's one's the, politicizing I it, you I, yeah, I'm not I saying it. that we're not Actually, I'm not being quite literal. Yeah, I feel like so. He probably thinks in this case he's being like the hero, right, for the underdog. Like these are uh, people whose you know rights are being stripped from them, right. and it's it's unfair. And so it's like standing up for those who are being treated badly, or uh, you know, the minority. As if you know, I feel like with these types of situations. It's like when um, a microaggression happens and you actually stand up to your your company, right? Or something bad and not right, which makes sense. Like what's happening at Netflix? He's like acting like he's creating a movement like that. But he's not. He's saying that everyone deserves the, the chance to make their own decisions when it comes to the medical, um, their own medical health. Like I get that. But then I also am just like, well, the best decision you can make is to follow the damn rules that the CDC is laying out there so you don't die. Especially someone who's had cancer and beat cancer. Like, this guy has gone through it and had to really, he was battling lymphoma. Like, girl, you should be a a prime person of being like, no, everyone needs to be getting this because, (laughs) you know, it's safe. It will keep us all safe. But in fact, instead, he's just being what most Republicans are being. And so it's just irritating. I think we're going to see a lot of this where people are going to like side with their team members, you know, who don't want to get vaccinated. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Well, I I hope y'all listen. Don't come ask me nothing. (laughs) Next up, the Texas bill banning transgender students in school sports heads to the governor's desk. We've got details next on what's trending this hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back. Yes, we are back. And more music coming for you here on Channel Q. So stick around, hang out with us. And uh, coming up on the tier report, Megan Re- McCain reveals why she quit The View. Ooh. Oh, girl. Just that is juicy. to make herself a victim. Uh, plus, Netflix's queer Twitter channel reveals the impossibility of corporate authenticity. Wow, they're speaking out on everything happening with Dave Chappelle. 
That's in 30 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is going to sign a bill barring transgender youth from participating on school sports teams that align with their gender identity. The measure requires public schools from elementary to collegiate levels to assign athletes based on the sex noted on their birth certificates at or near the time of birth. This is just so horrible and dangerous. I, yeah, I don't even know what to say as we continue to read these headlines and we're like witnessing all this happen. But I know advocates and all these non-pro- uh, nonprofit organizations are doing so much to stop this from happening, to protect the trans youth in Texas. Um, so, yes, again, very unfortunate there. Now, Fox News's Peter Ducey asked if the White House is concerned about police leaving the force over vaccine mandates. And here's Press Secretary Jen Psaki. But there are other problems in the world than COVID-19. International terror, <laughs> gang violence, murder, arson, drug what, dealing. What was, is there any what, concern what was about the high, what things? was the What was the number one cause of death among police officers last year? Do you know? COVID-19. So that's something that we're working to address and police departments are working to address. Well, there you go. Jen Psaki just laying it down on Fox News. Now, The gang that kidnapped a group of 17 American and Canadian missionaries in Haiti has asked for $1 million each for their release. That's according to a top Haitian official. Also, they want $17 million altogether. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's wild. The 16 American citizens and one Canadian were kidnapped by the powerful 400 Mawozo gang on Saturday after visiting an orphanage in Quat de Bouquet, a northeast suburb of the capital Port-au-Prince over the weekend, which is so scary because I know so many people that do nonprofit work over there. And imagine just going somewhere to help and then that happening. Well, wow. Yeah. It's really frightening. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. All right. So, like I said earlier, Megan McCain has found yet another way of making herself the victim as she reveals why she quit The View. It is time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Megan McCain says she quit The View because she felt her colleagues, including Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar, had mistreated her for having conservative views, all while she was suffering from postpartum anxiety. Um, She basically said this, you can't imagine how it messes with your self-esteem working in an environment where the worst thing you can be in the world is a Republican during the Trump years. As the country got worse under Trump, the treatment from Whoopi, Joy, and some of the staff grew meaner and less forgiving. Mm. You know why I want to call BS on this? is because Meghan McCain is absolutely kind of the worst. She has had moments where she was disrespectful to Whoopi, Joy, and a a lot of the other co-hosts. She, the reason why she really said she quit was... She comes back from having her baby mm-hmm. and uh, she makes a joke with Joy being like, oh, my God, you missed me. You missed fighting with me. And Joy said, no, I didn't miss you. And it was like this playful banter. But you could tell Joy was being very serious. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan says she cried after that because it oh, hurt her feelings. Wow. Blah, 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 blah. My opinion is Megan has dealt like she deals it just the way, you know, she, she gets it. And oftentimes those type of people can't take it. So, like, you can, you know, you can take, like, you can dish it out, but you just can't take that type of same energy back. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, Whoopi ended up getting annoyed with her at, you know, at most points because she was rude and disrespectful and just, disres- you know, respected the format of things and, and just had a nasty attitude. So it's kind of like you can't just tell your side of the story without the actual context. Like, it's not just about you being a Republican. It was about the way you've, you maneuvered as the only Republican on the show. Because guess what? Since they premiered again, they've actually had, um, guests, Republicans on, and it's been so enjoyable watching, like, of course, like their, you know, Republican views, but everybody has been really enjoyable. Everyone respects the other women. They talk to each other. They ho- they still hold their own values. Um, and it's all done respect. And oftentimes she did not maneuver in respect. So I'm just like, girl, you too grown to be acting like your baby when you just have one. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, I think you you said it. It is unfortunate, and I'm, sh- you know, the whole thing. I but. mean, if you want to listen to our audiobook, it's called Bad Republican. Mm. I mean, go for it. Waste your time. I might listen to it just because wow. I'm nosy. <laughs> of course. I just want to know more what she has to say. I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, right? Okay, well, next up, uh, this woman wanted to die, but why was her euthanasia canceled then? We're getting to this crazy story next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So this story has made a lot of headlines. It involves a woman who wanted to die, but it was difficult for her to do so um, because she wanted to get euthanasia. She wanted someone to assist in her death. And as you may right no- not know, of course, here in the States, this is not legal. Mm-hmm, but people always like travel from the States to places where it is legal. for it to happen and oftentimes it's people who have like you know unfortunate like you know diseases where it's like their their end of their journey is probably going to be death but it's like the pain especially I think this lady had ALS which the pain of going through that is probably too much to bear at times yeah and and you might know uh, Dr. Death Jack Kevorkian who Dr. Death yeah he he was very famous he assisted at least 130 patients to end their lives he was convicted of murder in 1999 wow yeah here in the states yeah Oh, wow. So there has been have been people that do this kind of under the table. Do you think it's ethical? I think that and we talked about this in the break. If if you are dealing with um, a disease or something where it is terminal, basically, Mm -hmm. it is a death sentence. And if if you want to end your life, it's really your choice, right? Um, at the same time, it, it, there's a difference between you having something that could end your life, and then you just being in the mental, like mentally feeling like you want, like you have a mental illness or mental health issue, right? Because then, is it ethical? Are you really in the right mindset to? ask for that right because that's like taking your life but just asking someone else to help you yeah and my thing is what's the difference between signing like a a a dnr like a do not resuscitate because when people are at the hospitals here i mean and and of course like yeah and gray's anatomy you know of course you know know, when you um when you die people don't want to come be resuscitated and so like my thing is it's kind of like if you sign that it's kind of the similar and the same thing and I think it, it's all about the reason. If there's a medical condition attached to, like, the pain and your mental health and your emotional health, there's so much there where if, like, someone has gotten to that point where they're like, I have made peace with my decision. I've made peace. My family's made peace with the decision. This is the best thing moving forward for all of us. Then, hell, yeah, I think it's a really ethical thing to do because why – what – at that point in your life, why should you – why should you continue on living going through pain every single day? I would, I would honestly, even if it was one of my family members, I would hate to witness that. Yeah. I would hate to witness really hard. that. It's hard to know what you would do or what decision you'd make if you haven't been through that. Yeah. Right? Uh, which makes it more so that we get to have empathy for people going through that. Um, and it was interesting because in this case, um, this person's story who, again, this has been a very popular story in the headlines, Martha Sepulveda Campo um, in Colombia. She's Colombian. And Colombia, I didn't know this, but they're a pioneer in the rights to a uh, dignified death. And I, I love that. I don't love, you know, talking about death, but like the idea of having a dignified death. Well, talking right? about death is a normal thing. Yeah, we but meaning like, it. I don't want to be like, I love a dignified death, but I, mean, I love the idea of calling it dignified because it's your choice. You get to make that, right? Um, and they decriminalized euthanasia in 1997. But this is interesting. It's only when a person has a prognosis of near death or a life expectancy of six months or less. Um, but Sepulveda got that changed. And I feel like you could take an instance or an example like Colombia and say, okay, well, if this is working in other places, why not implement it here, right? And they said it it would be expanded for her, uh, for patients who suffer intense physical or mental suffering stemming from bodily injury or serious and incurable disease. Well, you know, it sucked, though. They ended up canceling it. And I think also the media had something to do with it because the way she was the first patient in Colombia without a terminal prognosis to be allowed to undergo this. And the way the media started covering it, it ended up, you know, resulting in like the Colombian uh, Episcopal conference calling it uh, for a national prayer chain for her and they described it as homicide and they left a message for her and they were like basically pressuring her to change her decision and and it's it's so unfortunate that the media plays a part in this as well because i mean it was a it was a kind of a groundbreaking case if you think about it like the being the first to have this happen and then now everyone is once the media gets a hold of it, everyone's giving their opinion on it i mean now look at us on let's go there we're talking about it you know, yeah, and so yeah. that plays a huge part in someone's life where, 
I'm not her. I'm not living in her life with AS, ALS, right? Like we, these people don't know that. And, and sometimes we, unfortunately we see that religion kind of got involved and it's just like, that sucks because according to the Pew Research Center, about 80% of Colombians are Catholic. So religion's going to play a huge part in that. Yeah. And we're seeing that here in the States. I mean, religion ends up um, impacting and influencing a lot of medical decisions. Yeah. And so, yeah, it will be interesting to see how this uh, case impacts how we all talk about these types of things and how they actually play out in all of our lives. It's wow. This story is crazy. You should literally, um, I don't know. We are Channel Q. We might have it on there, but NBC News also did the report on it. It's pretty great. I mean, like reading about this and hearing about this, mm-hmm. I had no clue this was a thing. Yep. Well, next up, how Netflix's queer Twitter channel tried to react to their own company's controversy. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so of course everyone in the entire world is talking about the scandal that's surrounding Netflix with their, you know, nice friend Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. And I say nice meaning awful. Um, Well... The one cool thing that I've always really liked about Netflix was their social media because they always had different uh, they had different accounts to really represent the users that watch like their consumers. Right. They have strong black lead. They have um, the Latinx channel um, and then they also have like the regular Netflix. They have one for gaming uh-huh. and they have one for queer folks, for queer and trans people called at most. OK. And in the middle of all of this happening. At most on Twitter and on Instagram has been getting a lot of heat because, of course, you can't have a social media account with uh, that's dedicated for queer people when the company is is firing and getting rid and uh, harming queer and trans folks in the work that they're putting out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at most online, a couple last week actually they posted a thread being like, "Wow." You know, sorry we haven't been posting this week. This week kind of sucks. They said, we've been reading all your comments and Mm -hmm. using them to continue advocating for bigger and better queer representation. And then they went back to say, okay, you can go back to yelling at us now. Right? Where they created, uh, the Netflix accounts have created accounts that sound like, oh, they're your best friends. It sounds like they they know you. They're the actual human being running these accounts. Mm Mm-hmm. There are queer and trans folks actually running the account of Atmos. I actually know a few of them. And I think they were being pummeled by so many people thinking like, oh, on social media, that's the only way the access that people can complain to. So you all you got to do is add it. And they really were just like, oh, this has been a lot for us. And I think they were really trying to garner empathy of being like, it's also tough for us working for this company being queer and trans. So is that still awkward? Did it work? Did it make sense? Here's the thing for me. I had an issue with it once that article from The Verge came out where someone spoke out saying that all of the the white, queer, and trans folks were quiet when the black, queer, and pregnant person ended up getting fired off of something they they did not do. And so for me... I think it's really damaging to try to, one, be silent for most of the week while all of this is going on. And then when you do speak, it's like not actually taking any kind of accountability of the situation that is going on. Or you're just trying to, like, you know, get the the Internet to stop, like, bashing you and, like, stop, you know, tearing you down in the best way. Because, I honestly, they shouldn't be going through that because that probably is very difficult as a queer and trans person mm-hmm. being like, this is my job, this is my livelihood, I hate that I have to go on and see people being awful. Yeah. Right? But then also, y'all are in-house letting all of this stuff happen. A queer, a trans person was the one that actually spoke out on this and sh- nothing happened to her besides being briefly suspended. It just feels like there's a disconnect to the bigger conversation. And that's what ir- like, that's what irritates me. Totally. Do do you feel this is maybe a weird question? Like any empathy for those people? Like you're you're oh, an, yeah. you're but you're like just working there. There's only so much like real control you have over the situation. There's probably a lot of stuff going on, and then they just hear it probably on the news and Twitter oh, before no. even knowing what's happening. That's internally. the thing. I used to be a social media yeah, exactly. Manager. You're like at home on your couch channeling this, and you're like, oh. I get it. Here's the thing. I also I understand. Like, right? You have to kind of just the the brand comes first, right? Um, so this is their work, and they have like it's their livelihood and their livelihood. And so. I get that. You don't want to shake stuff up, but I also think doing it in the way that felt like. Um, 
it wasn't like a it wasn't a PR statement. It felt like it was more of a way to maintain brand security. It didn't really it it, it felt like it was just from your friend instead of like an actual brand. Like there has to be a balance of one being that friend, but then also really like realizing you're a corporation that has to take accountability. So you actually wanted the official announcement. Yes. Versus, oh, that's interesting. Yes, I did. You were like, this is too cutesy. It's and exactly for a serious okay, moment. Some yeah. pregnant. Uh, some pregnant black trans person lost their job for doing being accused of doing something that they weren't uh, doing. Yeah. Don't that, be cute about this. This is a serious situation. At that point, you're like, hey, I feel a responsibility hand, handling the social media channel right now during this crazy moment. Yeah. And I think as you know, we should get together PR and make an official statement because this is the queer Netflix Twitter account. Exactly, right? Like, there's context, and context matters, and you know, um, there's been a lot of support because the, tomorrow, tomorrow's mm-hmm. Wednesday, right? Girl, because yeah. I'm like, oh my God. There's a big uh, protest that's being led by Ashley Marie Preston, a friend of the show, um, and, and she is really garnering a lot of the trans employees and support, and there's a lot of celebrity support. Jonathan Van Ness, Jamila Jamil, Col- Colton Haynes, uh, Angelica Ross, they're all going to be stars who will be featured in a piece essay that's going to be presented by Netflix employees Uh, and real quick about that media has to have a responsibility we have to have a conversation about that in the ways that they unintentionally or intentionally erase black trans women from leadership positions when it comes to this the headlines have always been about the more famous people, right? The oh, only yeah. people with, that are attached to this rally mm-hmm. are like the Jonathan Van Ness, the Jamila Jamils, yeah. forgetting that actually, you know, there's a black trans woman leading this. She should be the, the one that's in that headline because she's important, right? She's doing it for these trans employees. Stop caring only about the celebrity of it all and report the news that's right. And for me... You know, it's the headline hook <sighs> to get people reading it. I know, it. but that's so annoying. At the annoying. same time, it's like both, like, as long as she's at the top of the the story that's not enough but, yeah of course but sometimes you think about it like if you have a big event you're gonna well, you want anything that someone's gonna click to get interested but I totally get it I know but I, that really does I know erase it instead of getting people in in society used to seeing totally. these activists at the top like at the you know the top yeah. of the headline being like this matters even though a Jamila Jamil or Jonathan Van Ness is the test like any headline about our show if we have a celebrity it's going to be before our names yeah not sure we're going to stop that yeah fight it <laughs> well next up what would you do if your significant other called their ex the love of their life damn alright we're getting into it next it's better over After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So what if you were talking to your partner and they mentioned that their ex was the love of their life? How would you feel about that? Well, let's ask you because uh, what if your boyfriend literally said his ex was still Mm. the love of his life? It would make me uncomfortable. Why? Because then it would make me feel like I'm like sloppy seconds, right? But my thing is, don't you believe in in people have multiple loves? I thought you believed that people could have multiple loves. Uh, yes. So what, what, what? But then the thing is, is like, there's a difference between saying he was maybe, um, a, a soulmate of some sort that was a certain, that for a certain time and place in my life. But that doesn't mean that person was a good partner. 
right? So yeah, like, but we're not talking about partner. We're talking about being just being in like the love of their life. Can't you have multiple loves of your life? Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, I, I think I... Realistically, I'm going to be real here. I would be upset, for sure. But then I also know that... What if you do have multiple loves of your lives? Like, just so like that. Like, I feel like you No, can. the thing is, there's a difference in saying they were the love of my life and saying they were one of the loves of my life. There's a difference mm. in the wording there, right? You're missing uh, one. That You're missing that one. When you word. say this, uh, the, the one of the love of my life, that means in their mind, my perception of that is that it ended and they would have loved for it to continue. It didn't work out, but it's something they still think about. Like, meaning oh, nothing not will replace, worse. nothing will replace that person, which is hurtful thinking yeah, I was say, that. Isn't that even worse, being like they're still going or, to constantly think about it? Because exactly. that, now, that, that would trigger me in the sense of like, oh, okay, so nothing I can do exactly. will be able to fulfill that, that role. And so what's the point? Because that means you haven't moved on. You're always going to be trying to live up to this thing or try to reach that pinnacle of being the next love of their life. Right, right. But, and I, I said sloppy seconds. That was a wrong, by the way, reference because that's if you were dating someone in the same, you know, group and they yeah, took you, yeah. threw you around. But it means uh, that you're settling. Like, you're the settle, right? Yeah. So they settled for you knowing that they lost the love of their life. And also, it kind of inherently says, or it insinuates that their love for you is different than the love that they had for them. Because I, 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 I think... It's really interesting. We can break this down. So the love that I have for like friends and family, that's different from a, a romantic love, right? And I think if you have multiple romantic loves, there's inherently going to be a difference because saying like, or calling your that ex in this hypothetical situation, mean like that's the love of my life. If they're saying they're in love with you, that means you're inherently saying, are you insinuating that the love that you shared with that person that is still the love of your life and the one that you currently have is two different loves. It's not that it doesn't equate to the same love. So here's a good example. Um, and this is personal. Uh, my ex, I believe, was somewhat of a soulmate. Doesn't mean really? he was like, there's something, there's a weird connection there that's right. There was a weird connection there that was beyond a lust or even like in y'all love. were best friends. But it feels like there was a soulmate connection, like there hmm. was something that was beyond that, okay. like connected. Well, only us. you could feel that. Exactly. That said. I've said this to my current partner. He wasn't someone that I consider then uh, a lifelong partner or someone I'd be necessarily in a relationship okay. with. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. I also... But you're not in love with your last partner anymore. I love him. I'm not maybe in love with him. I love him. I'm not in love. There's what do you, a difference. What do you think... What if, what if your <laughs> partner now heard you say that? I've told... He knows this. And he, he wouldn't be upset? No, because we are very clear about where we're at and we're very clear about how we express. Like, he still loves it. I mean, his ex-wife did a lot of bad things. But he still says, like, I I do have a love for her that said I would never be able to be with her ever. Yeah. Like, we've had these honest, and these are honest, hard conversations to have. It's not easy. It doesn't necessarily make sense to a lot of people. But then there's a difference between that saying you've moved on and, and if imagine me saying... Yeah, my ex was the love of my life, and I, I, but I'm in love with you. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I thought I, I started this conversation thinking <laughs> one way, but I feel like now, if he don't get himself a damn journal and just write that in his journal, I don't need you telling me that your ex is the love of your life. Don't ever, don't say. Ta- I'm saying it now, clear. Don't <laughs> ever tell me that. It journaling. also yes, it also makes me feel like you're still holding on. Yeah, it's weird. Like, there's a lot of skeletons wow, in that closet. I completely shifted. And you haven't let go, and you got to process that and heal that and work on that and move on. Yeah, I can't believe I was literally, because I was like, okay, well, maybe I can understand if there's like a breakdown, but hell no. It's all about wording. There's power in words, as you like to say, mm-hmm, Ryan. It's true. And there is a difference between saying, they were the love of my life or one of the many lovers or loves even that don't even tell me that because I'll pop you in your mouth wow okay. <laughs> okay. well it's uh, true they'll tell me that next up in and out burger they are coming out against vaccine mandates yeah. they could be closed in one uh, a city near you very soon just saying what you mean lovers oh my god multiple lovers let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q Okay, we are back. Lots still coming up. 
Is it fair to pay people less if they want to work from home?、Mm. I'm sure a lot of you are dealing with this. You know, you're getting an employer that says, "Oh, but you don't need to come in. There's flexibility, so you know, like budgets these days. You should be happy to even just be working." Yeah, don't tell me that. Yeah. That's so, so disrespectful. So, what do you do about that if you're stuck in that position? We're gonna get into that in 30 minutes. Plus, Britney Spears' sister, her book continues to cause controversy. More on that in the T report in a moment with Ryan. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. There was a plane crash near Houston. This is pretty wild. A private jet carrying 21 people crashed and burst into flames today while attempting to take off from a Houston airport. But this is miraculous. Only two people re- were reported injured. Two. Let me tell you, the pictures of this plane—it's just horrific. I can't imagine surviving this. The plane was headed to Boston, according to aviation sources. The 18 passengers on board were headed to the city to see the Houston Astros play the Red Sox in Game Four of MLB's American League Championship Series. So、uh, all the passengers, three crew members, got safely evacuated from the plane. Wow! Now, In-N-Out Burger—they are fighting back against vaccine mandates. Chief Legal and Business Officer Arnie Wessinger is set to release a statement after the San Francisco Department of Health closed one of their restaurant locations,、uh, and they mentioned how they closed our restaurant and they said not preventing the entry of customers who are not carrying proper vaccination documentation. Uh, and th- what they said is, after closing our restaurants, they informed us that our restaurant associates must actively intervene by demanding proof of vaccination and photo ID from every customer. He said, "We refuse to become the vaccine police for any government. It is unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our restaurant associates to segregate customers." In late August, San Francisco became one of the first major U.S. cities to require proof of full COVID-19 vaccination to enter indoor restaurants, bars, gyms, theaters, and other entertainment venues. Is that fair? I mean, I get enforcing it, but then, like, is that realistic that they're going to be checking everyone at the door? I mean, yeah. Like, so now the way they're going to close all the In-N-Out burgers? That's the thing. I, well, I don't really eat In-N-Out burgers. I I rarely have it, just because when I get a taste for it, I'd be wanting. But there's like seventy people that work in that place. Like, it's really busy in there. Well, yeah, and there's a difference between the employees and everyone else.、Yeah. Moving on, know,、uh, finally. Right now, the Supreme Court declined late today to block a state order requiring healthcare workers in Maine to receive a、uh, receive a COVID vaccination.、Uh, the justice denied an emergency request for an injunction.、Um, basically, healthcare workers are contesting the order. Uh, that a Democrat issued because it does not contain a religious exemption. The state has granted such an accommodation for religious objections to past vaccine mandates. They're saying, "We want an out for religious reasons," and they took it to the Supreme Court. This was in Maine, and that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, Jamie Lynn's new book continues to cause. Controversy. It's time for the T report. Those pop culture stories trending right now.、Um, you know, we actually talked here on the T report about how she renamed her memoir after being dragged for her last one. Well, with Britney's controversial conservative case casting a negative shadow on the Spears family, one charity is refusing a donation from Jamie Lynn. Offering、um, proceeds of her book sales, so basically the the nonprofit is called This Is My Brave. It helps tell the stories of individuals living with mental illness, and they shared on Instagram that they would be declining the donation. The statement followed Jamie Lynn's announcement on October 11th. Oh my God! Hi, October 11th. You know what that day is? Yes.、Uh, yeah. National Coming Out Day and her birthday. Wow. It took a beat. Wow. Um, that she can basically she announced that she completed her writing her memoir. She wrote on Instagram that it gave her quote closure on this thirty year long chapter of my life and hopefully helps anyone else out there who forgot their worth, lost their voice, or is trying to break an unhealthy cycle in their life. She also said a quote a portion of my book proceeds will be going to at this is my brave because I know how scary it can be to share personal struggles, especially if you don't feel you have the support or a safe space. Well. Of course, that pissed off Britney fans because the charity social media pages were filled with messages, including this quote: "Y'all should really think, rethink that JLS collab." And another one said, "You're going to take money from a woman who helped keep her own sister a slave." 
Yeah, that's dark. Ooh. Dark, dark, dark times. That's your tea report, though. I got to get out of here. I got more coming up next hour. Okay. Well, coming up, how we can make disability inclusion mainstream, especially in the LGBTQ community. We've got an amazing guest, Brandon Farbstein, joining us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. I am so excited for our next guest, who I just love. He's someone that I follow on social media. I've been yeah. able to hang out with him, you know, pre-COVID when we had know events. From Clubhouse. Yes. Uh, he is so inspirational. Uh, Brandon Farbstein was born with a rare form of dwarfism, and it led him to become a global motivational speaker, author of the 10 Feet Tall Mindset. Ooh. It's also a book. It has impacted millions of people. And now he's bringing his message to kids with another book called A Kid's Book About Love. Yeah. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hello, Sharon Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. Aww, you sound just like Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there, huh? Right. Um, I'm so excited for you and to have you here. I feel like for some context before we get into your new book, uh, your story is pretty incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Why decide to take your experience and then just like put it out there in the world? Was it always that easy? Because it seems like it the way you, uh, you know, you're on Instagram and how you talk. It just seems like it's you're a natural speaker. I appreciate it so much. To be honest, I think it took a lot of inner cultivation and inner work to be able to get to a place of my own self-acceptance. Because when you're living in a world not built for someone like yourself, you have to not only fight against that physical realm of things, but also the internal battle of what you even think of yourself when you look in the mirror. So it's been a journey that I've had to find for myself. And quite frankly, I'm still finding the answers. That's what I really wanted to do with this kid's book to hopefully start a dialogue with kids and grownups about what it means to love who you are and practice that every day yeah and one september 30th was a pretty special day for you you turned 22 it was your birthday happy belated by the way and of course you came out as queer which feels even more like probably like a weight off your shoulder right i would assume it it, it felt like this new era and journey that you were entering into and i think it also plays into why it's so important to start at the kids level about teaching self-love is that kind of what you felt when you were thinking about this you know kids book a thousand percent and thank you so much for the kind words by the way it was ginormous for me to step into this new chapter of myself but i have not looked back and i'm so excited for what's to come and really thinking back to when i was in that time frame so the book is for ages five to nine but i really feel like there's some wiggle room there plus or minus And I thought about what I needed most when I was a kid, and that truly was self-love. And so being able to take myself back, I mean, obviously being 22, I'm not that far away from (laughs) where I used to be. And so I am able to still tap into those feelings and the real experiences that I've had to make it universal to share with kids and grown-ups all around the world. Yeah. It's so amazing. And also, you're doing such incredible work um, with the disability community and also now the LGBTQ community. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. It's really as much as I can to be a positive light and the representation that I feel like it's still so desperately needed across media and digital and all of these different things. I want to be that person as much as I can. And so I'm so grateful to now be in a place that I get to be an advocate and a voice for so many across these communities. And how can others help out? Because this is, again, um, a, a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. And and you talk about it so much, whether it be, you know, throughout COVID um, and also uh, with things that you're asked to be part of feeling like just people don't get it, including corporations. 
Oh, big time. I think we as a society just need to take a bit of a step back and see diversity and inclusion for more than just those two words and add on the belonging term as well. That is so desperately needed because for those that don't feel like they belong, there really isn't a place for them. And it starts with the communities that they are in, that we are in as well, that we could be more empathetic, more inclusive, starting with those around us. We don't have to change everything for everything to change, but we can at least start somewhere and make a bit of an improvement as much as we can. And that's how I think we're going to move the needle forward. Well, all right. You oh said God. it perfectly. Mike, drop. Uh, just as we wrap up, because I, we do want to give another shout out to your book, uh, your message is all about elevating empathy. How can we help, you know, as adults or young adults, kids create more of that? It really starts with us. And I'm going to keep saying it as much as possible because I've been through this journey of really the extremes of empathy on both sides. And I think it all starts and stops with how we treat ourselves. The story that is going on inside of our head on a daily basis, is that empowering or are we telling ourselves we're not good enough, we're not worthy Mm. for whatever reasons that is? And so the more empathy that we could have for ourselves, I genuinely believe it rubs off on those that we come across and we create an incredible wave of empathy, love, and positivity that, again, we really need. I mean, I wish I had this book when I was younger. Uh, In it, it says, remember, you are not your grades, you are not your performance, you are not what you do, you are who you are. I had to learn that later in life. Uh, (laughs) Brandon (laughs) Farbstein, thank you as always. I so appreciate you. Kira and Ryan, appreciate you both so much. Thanks again for having me. I hope we can talk soon. Yes. Oh, yeah, Come for back. sure. Anytime. Uh, uh, that was Brandon Farbstein again. Check out both of his books, 10 Feet Tall, and also a kid's book about love. It is out right now. Check it out. Thank you again, Brandon. Have a great day. Well, next up, is it fair to pay people less if they want to work from home? We get into that uh, complicated conversation next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It feels like I don't think it's fair to say that you shouldn't get paid. Um, you shouldn't get paid more or, or, or cut your pay. Um, but I know a lot of people went through that where a lot of folks either got furloughed or a lot of the companies either took a percentage off of what they paid. And, and then later down the line, they, you know, they paid them back, you know, like that seems kind of like, OK, I get. But I don't want it to happen all the time. I, I like to do remote work, but I still want to get paid the same damn amount that I want to get paid. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a cheap excuse. And in the end, people are still working the same amount of time. The, their work, the value of their work and time is the same. Mm-hmm. If anything, uh, you know, it just shows how much we need to be just paid more overall. But it should be the same. And I'll add, even add one more thing, that you should be giving people maybe extra money for other expenses that need to be dealt with at home. Yeah. So meaning pay the same and then tell me, yeah, internet, can I help? You know what I missed? What? Working from home, the snack area that we have upstairs. I feel like companies should be sending uh, snack foods, like sending like little little bags because like if you have access to coffees and teas at work and you have access to all these different things, well, you should be able to send that to your employees. They to be should, like, you know, right? You're right, Ryan. Yeah, they should like be our sending own personal crafty table. They should uh, send, yeah, coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, even hey, if you're a small team, send espressos to everyone. Yeah, right, and then up it every month. Say, hey, do you need some more Nespresso? I'm going to send you some Nespresso. Or get lunch, like get lunch for them, like once se- a week a lunch. Up the perks, yeah. Once a week a lunch. If you have to cut their pay, up the perks. Make it uh, say that. Oh, if we're going to cut your pay, then y'all only have to work a certain amount of hours a week. Sure, you can't even uh, in the end tell. Like the hours thing is always something 
I get it. You can you can see how many hours you're working. A lot of times it's I'm just like get the job done. But yeah. it's good to know how many hours it takes to get the job done. Right. If you're gonna model any type of business. But my thing is people want you to do the same amount of hours and the same amount of work uh-huh. and, and with the same amount of tension and, and just as good one hundred percent and they don't wanna pay you for that. Yeah. So like you can't cut you can't cut my pay and expect me not to like slack off a little bit. Because I'm going to give you how much you pay. You don't That's think I'm worth I'm it, about. then guess what? I'm not going to give you everything. at That's the very I'm least, doing. flexibility. Yeah. You need to be more flexible. But or, yeah, off days. have more perks. Yeah. Be, be more understanding. Yeah, I had a friend recently tell me that it's not always about the money. It's about what can you get if they're not willing to give you the money. If there's no win-win, there's no win-win. Yeah. Then someone's losing. Right, and if you are consciously making an agreement, knowing <laughs> someone is losing, then you are an unethical person. This segment was brought to you by every fortune cookie you've ever opened. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, uh, Trump. How he made Colin Powell's death all about him. Of course, that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, that was a classic there. Donna Summers on the radio right here on Channel Q. Oh. Yes. We're on the radio. <laughs> we are. Is that what you're it's very for? meta. <laughs> Moving what? on. What? what? Meta. Oh, oh we play uh, it again. <laughs> it's like, this is producer Vanessa's very favorite song. I know. It seems like it. <laughs> on repeat. It's like Groundhog's Day. Okay, well, let's uh, get into Trump. He released a statement criticizing Colin Powell, who unfortunately was announced that he passed from complications with COVID yesterday. And the ex-president said he hopes that he will, oh, this is just so rude, be treated in death so beautifully. Well, I guess that's kind of nice, but it's kind of a jab. I mean, read his whole statement. It's short. Oh, I see what happened there. It's some loading. <laughs> I have it. I, I, Thank you, I Ryan, for the support. Uh, yes, of course. I got you. So it's so, um, well, now I got to pull it up. <laughs> okay, here it is. So it wow. says, wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Oh. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. Yeah. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. See, that's such a twisted, toxic <laughs> way of saying it. Like, If oh, he was a housewife, so he would be Ramona Singer from New York Housewives. I think there's just something so drama-filled about him yes. that he just can't help himself but make oh. it about him. But that's a pure narcissist, right? Like, that's what he's going to do at the end of the day. And he's also... You know, no matter where they fall in the political spectrum, if they're black, he's most definitely going to say something negative about them. Yeah. Just so many jabs. I can't believe it. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the day. Yes Queen. Now get ready. This is an epic life-saving love story. Reed Alexander matched on Tinder with Rafael Diaz last year and... He had no idea at the time that the connection would lead to both a new husband and a new kidney. The couple went into surgery on August 13th, and basically it's because uh, Reed needed uh, a kidney, and Raphael donated his kidney to his husband. And because they were unable to work while they recover, they have set up a GoFundMe seeking support. Uh, Well, Alexander told people that after the surgery, he cried every time he saw his husband's face because it's just so amazing. And here's what Raphael had to say about the Because I love him. And also because I think that it's it's amazing share life. It's amazing do this. It's amazing made that someone else have the opportunity to live. I, I really want that he, he have a long life with me. Decision. Diaz added um, in this article in People that anyone who is capable of donating an organ should absolutely do it, saying you can help families, you can help people, you can help to change the life of someone else and give someone the opportunity that they didn't have before. If you can do it, do it, which is just uh, a really beautiful message. Uh, again, Alexander, his husband, was diagnosed with Alport syndrome, which is a disease that causes damage to the kidneys, blood vessels. Uh, so I'm so happy that he was able to continue to live and basically find a new life with himself and his husband because of this donation. 
So congrats. This and is sweet. It's very sweet. I'm an organ donor just for this reason, too. I want to be able to help someone when I'm gone. Yeah. you know, I don't it, know about before then, but when it, I'm gone. It definitely inspires me. If, if we can do it, then it's worthwhile. And that's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. We are back tomorrow, weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern on tomorrow's show. We're going to be talking about music festivals coming back and what's really behind the magic of live music. And we're also going to be talking about what to do if your therapist wants to dump you. It happens. Just saying. You might take it personally, but here's how to move forward. That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There with Sheer and Ryan. It's that easy. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about how kissing can show if there is a problem in your relationship. Oh, that's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.